Bada bing, bada bam. Welcome to this week's Bacon a Mystery, Bacon a Murder episode. And today we're talking about the Korean movie Unlocked. Listen, there is so much fear mongering over phone usage. Like, okay, fine. Yes, my brain is rotting. But have you seen this video? Okay, yes, my social anxiety is only getting worse every day that I use my phone. But like, have you seen this picture? And we're all, have you seen the little meme of what we're all gonna look like in like 20 years? They said humans are gonna evolve with technology and it's just like a humpback human. <laughs> that's like more horizontal than they are vertical because of tech neck. And like, fine. Tech neck? Tech neck. They call it tech neck. Oh. Tech neck. <laughs> Yeah, tech <laughs> But like, have you seen this skincare product, okay? Yes, the NSA is listening to me, but like maybe they're controlling us through our phone, but I don't care. I need to watch my Blackpink concert uploads on TikTok and we're all gonna die, but it's fine. That's what I've been thinking until I saw this movie. This movie was the first time in a while where I was like, okay, maybe I do need to reconsider my life and maybe we need to ban phones altogether, like just delete it, like bring it all to some sort of bonfire and we're just gonna burn them because I'm terrified. But before we get into that, I'm making banana bread <laughs> from a mix. Let's make the banana bread. So I have one and a half bananas. I realized that I only had two bananas left. I was in the midst of eating this banana while I'm oh checking the God. packaging. So I'm like, ooh, maybe I should um, not eat the rest of this banana. So uh, this is oh my, my banana. God. <laughs> it's like really good. Come gross. on now. <laughs> I don't want to eat this, honey. It's kind of nasty. This, is, this one's all on you. I'm no. Not, I'm not eating this. Why are you not eating it? You've eaten... I've eaten your banana. You've eaten lots of weird things for me. And you're telling me you don't want to eat my banana that I bit? Come on now. <laughs> don't be shy. Don't act like this is our first date. Okay, so the Korean movie Unlocked, I believe, is based off of a Japanese novel. And it's twisted. Here's what I thought going into it. I thought it was going to be one of those cheesy newfound tech movies. The AI is gonna get us, which like fine. It's pretty accurate, it might, but I don't need to stress out about it right now, okay? I'm trying to enjoy my summer, but this one was not as corny as I thought it would be. I was not expecting it really? to be the way that it unfolded. I thought it was gonna be so annoyingly preachy of like, guys, put down your phone, look up around ya. I thought it was gonna be like that. And there were moments that were a little bit cheesy cheese, but it wasn't like that bad. Really? At all. So it's pretty good. Yes, there were parts where I was getting anxious. I was holding my breath. So uh, Saturday, June 9th, 7 a.m. Nabi, our main character, Nabi's phone alarm starts going off. Even on Saturdays, the first thing she does is check her phone calendar. She's got to organize the inventory. That's her to-do list. Answer client emails, check updates on new projects. And from the get-go, we get an idea that this movie is like, oh my gosh, guys, look at Nabi. She's just like you and me. She's obsessed with her phone. She can't eat breakfast. She can't eat her cereal without posting about it. She's texting her friends in their group chats. But again, it's not done in a way which feels so like, okay, you know? It just feels very, it feels normal. It feels like 
us. It feels like Gen Z. It's like, okay, yeah, fine. We do have a little bit of an unhealthy attachment to our phones. So what? Like she's not going above and beyond to yes. like stuck on social media. Yeah, she's not like glued to it. Like, oh, how many likes did I get? How many likes did I get? It's mm-hmm. not like that. It's just she uses her phone. She's constantly looking at it. And then her dad will be like, can you put your phone down? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah, 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 no problem. Okay. She's not like, no, dad, don't tell me what to do. You don't understand. Samantha just posted. <laughs> like, she's not like weird. She just is very normal. It feels very relatable. Like, she's using her phone to buy tickets. She's still socializing, going out with friends. She posts Instagram stories while she's out with her friends. Then she orders lunch food, plays video games during her break. And constantly, her phone is ringing, whether it's for work or not for work. She's watching YouTube videos. And then she uses her phone to navigate to a skincare shop. She looks at her phone for reviews of the best sunscreen while at the store. And then she purchases the sunscreen that she just read reviews about using her phone for her QR code. So again, it feels, it feels like today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing about it feels crazy. Nothing about it feels like, ooh, now we got some problems, right? She's just having a blast. She looks like a good 25-year-old lady just living her independent life. And Netflix has no business calling out all of us like that. So after her very long day of working, she works as a marketing agent, like a marketing executive at this like Konjac jelly brand. Yeah. Oh. It's like a famous type of thing in Korea, but um, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy. So she works at this company, and after work, after hanging out with her friends, she gets on the bus back home. She's drunk. She's drunk out of her mind. She falls asleep on the bus. It seems like she's one of the only few people back left on there. And in fact, it seems like this is going to be the bus's last few stops before they retire for the night. She's got to get off before they get back to the station. She jumps awake. Oh, please, sir, can you please let me out real quick? You missed my stop. That just, she's like, and then stops the bus, lets her out. Now, we see as she jumps from her seat and runs off, her beloved phone in its oh. yellow phone case has been left on the ground of the bus. And we see an ominous pair of shoes walk up towards her phone and grabs it, picks it up. And we're like, oh no. Right off the bat, this movie shows us who took her phone. They don't try to hide it. He's not some mysterious figure. His name is June. That's what we're calling him. He looks like your standard college-aged guy. But maybe he just graduated college like around that age. And the assumption is, well, maybe he took the phone rather than leaving it on the bus. Even though that doesn't make sense because Korea has a really good lost and found system. Like people Mm. don't really steal in Korea. So like you could go to the lost and found and you'd find your phone. But Mm. maybe, maybe he took it so he could contact the owner somehow and just return it back to her because maybe that's easier, right? Benefit of the doubt. He looks normal. He's not normal. The first scene we see him, the first action he does, I think it's very telling because the movie is like setting it up for what this guy is about to do. He's making a bowl of ramen and he puts it in this very specific type of bowl and a very specific type of tray that doesn't look super standard in like a Korean household. What does that mean? It looks more like vacation-y. It looks more like a ramen shop. Yeah, so then he puts it in this bowl. He wipes off the edges of the ramen bowl to make the plate look clean, snaps a picture, and geotags Thailand on there. Huh. So she's, he's pretending to be in a different country. See, that's what I thought. But as he's posting it to Instagram, we see that his profile picture is a girl. Ah. So it doesn't even look like he's pretending to be in Thailand. It looks like he made a random fake account and pretending that she is in Thailand, whoever mm. she is. 
And I don't know what he's getting out of that, but he doesn't even eat the ramen. He orders takeout and eats that instead. And so as he's sitting on the table about to chow down, Nabi's phone starts ringing from inside his bedroom. He walks over and he puts his own personal phone right next to Nabi's phone and the caller ID is drop dead gorgeous queen. It's Nabi's best friend. <laughs> We're gonna call her Ellie. So she's calling and he sits down on the desk and clicks answer. Speakerphone. Hey, you crazy bitch. I heard you were going out all last night. I saw all the pictures. How was the club? June tip taps on his phone and clicks an audio message. An older woman's voice. Hello? Oh, um, hello? Is this Nobby's phone? And we see him on the side write down Nobby on notes. Oh my God. And then he clicks another audio message. I found this phone on the bus yesterday. Oh. Oh, okay, um, that's my friend's phone. And while Nabi's talking, he's still taking notes. Friend's phone. E Nabi. Yes, that's my friend's phone. Uh, were you able to get in touch with her? No. Should I leave it with the police? Uh, um, just hang on one second. I'm gonna get in touch with my friend and I'll get back to you. Okay, thanks. So then we see the friend. Ellie, walking up the steps to Nabi's walk-up in her heels before she's heading to work. So this girl works like a corporate job or she's trying to get an interview at a corporate job, I believe. And she's thinking to herself, I'm gonna freaking kill this girl. So to help you visualize, Nabi's home is on the roof of a residential building. It's, um, you have to walk up a spiral staircase outside to get to the roof and the roof looks like a parking lot without the parking lines. So it's got high barriers, but it's plastered on the ground. Usually on these roofs in Korea, you can build a house of some sort. It's like a square box. You get a bathroom, your own kitchen, and a bedroom. It's typically mm. not considered a luxurious space to rent, but the upside is you get some space out on the roof to be able to set up a cute little table to eat out there or hang up clothes to dry. I'm sure if you've watched K-dramas, you know exactly mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Like you can already visualize it. That is Nabi's place and it's not that large. So Ellie walks through her entire place in two seconds and Nabi is not home. So she digs out her phone and she's like, shit. Not like I can freaking call her, okay? And then she walks outside debating, do I go to work? Do I not? What do I do? And then she catches something in the corner of her eye. She turns her head and outside Nobby's dining table that is almost covered to the ground by a tablecloth. So you can't really see underneath the table because the tablecloth is hanging over the sides and almost touching the ground. But she sees one foot peeking out of it. Her heart stops. What? She walks closer. Nabi? The foot is not moving. It's small enough to be a woman's foot, small enough to be Nabi's foot. What the hell? She slowly lifts up the tablecloth, and there is Nabi under the table, on her stomach, unmoving. Nabi? And she slowly, as she's shaking, goes to touch Nabi's foot. Hello? And Nabi wakes up and she bonks the back of her head on the coffee table, or the little dining table. Ow! What the f***? What the hell are you even doing down here? And Nabi runs into change and she plops on her bed. Everything hurts. Yeah, well, it should. No shit, you slept outside. How the hell did you even get home last night? Can I get the eggs and the milk? Yeah, boo. And the melted butter? Yes. So anyways, and then she's like, how the hell did you even get home? I don't know. I think, I think I got on a bus. She reaches for her phone. Oh my God, shit. Where is it? What? What's wrong? Something's missing? 
Navi jumps up from her bed and she starts turning her up apartment upside down. She is taking out her purse, dumping all the contents on the ground. My phone, it's missing. Can you call me? Ellie is just laughing. She is here to teach her friend a cute, playful lesson about getting so drunk that you lose your phone. Unfortunately, her phone is nowhere in the apartment. It is with June. So right off the bat, June is strange. Now he's on the computer searching up Instagram's Inabi, like looking up her name. He finds a few, but some of them live on Jeju Island, which doesn't make sense because she clearly lives in Seoul. Some live abroad, some live in different areas, some just don't make sense. So right at that moment, he gets a notification on Nabi's phone that her friend has tagged her in a post from last night. Because he doesn't have her password, it's not like he can get into her phone and see that exact picture. But Instagram tells you like, E lovely tagged you in a post uh -huh. on the notification. Like even there. if. The friend's username. Yes, even if you don't have the passcode, you can see that much. So he types in that username and goes through her following and finds Inabi. It's so terrifying. And there you have it. Without even getting into her phone, he knows her Instagram account. They're strangers. They're not even like mutual friends. That I would understand. And right at that moment, Ellie is calling again. He sets up his phone once again with all these pre-recorded messages of a woman talking. The list of audios are just a bunch of different phrases that he thinks are usable and he'll click them. And he picks up. Hello? Uh, I, I'm the owner of the phone you found? He clicks. Hello? Oh, thank you so much. I must have been so tired yesterday I didn't even realize I lost it. I took way too long to call you, didn't I? It's okay. Um, where are you right now? If it's convenient, I can come to you. June clicks a photo on Nabi's Instagram. It's of her and a friend at a local cafe that she tagged the location for, Cafe Miji. He clicks it to see what neighborhood it's in. I'm in Songyodong. Oh, oh, okay, yes. Um, if it's all right, do you have time? There is a coffee shop called Cafe Miji there? Yes, I will see you there in an hour. They both hang up, and this is what's crazy to me. We as humans have so much on our phones, but not only that, we are such creatures of habit. He knows that she's been to that cafe before, is comfortable with that cafe, feels more comfortable to meet a stranger at a place that she's been to, but it seems like that's exactly what he wants. But why? Then we see him look for her birthday post on Instagram. When he finds it, he gets the date and tries to use it as her passcode. It doesn't work. Rejected, okay? Now, we do have another storyline that's concurrent to this, and I mean, very quickly, right off the bat, you kind of know what's going on, but it's all gonna collide with a giant plot twist that I genuinely wasn't expecting. So like from the get-go, you're like, I think I know this movie, I get it, but it's still enjoyable, even though you get it. It's still not a bad watch, but then at the end, you're like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that one. Hmm. So there is a police investigation. There have been multiple cases of women turning up dead in the mountains outside of Seoul. Woman's fingers have been chopped off to make it hard to ID the victims. And one officer that was at the scene said, no prints, no belongings, again. Whoever this bastard is, he's been playing, he's been planning this thoroughly. Thankfully, it rained all last week, so at least we found the body quickly. Another detective, Detective Wu, very important, looks at him and says, yeah, but the rain also washed away all our evidence. And the bear helped us find the body. Meaning a bear got to the body first. <sighs> Shit. And at that moment, the forensic crime scene detectives walk out of the trees of the woods. You find anything for us? Not much, um, but we did find this. 
He holds up a plastic bag, and inside is what looks like um like a plastic tube with a little spout, like a syringe almost, but not sharp enough to hurt someone. It looks like a soil nutrients. You know the ones you stick in the ground, mm-hmm. and it like puts in nutrients slowly. Yep. What is that? It's it's a small vial. I think it's nutrients for the trees. Nutrients for the trees. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's related to the case at all. It was buried, but it could have been buried long before. The detectives decide to split up and decide to search the woods too. And it seems like Detective Wu is the only one that's trying to solve this puzzle. Like he's putting his whole back into it. He's panting while he's lunging over these broken tree branches and he spots something on the floor of the woods next to a tree, a small vial. It's stabbed into the ground. Nutrients for the trees. Similar to the one that was just found. Huh. So strange. He studies the tree to see why out of all the ones he's passed so far, this is the one that has the same nutrients like the one found at the crime scene. And on the tree, there's a small wooden sign. It looks like it's been nailed to the tree. And it says, June. He brings it to his partner. So this is not the same. I don't get it. There's a, a paper? A wooden plaque. And it says June. So it's like, you know, when you have a tree, you like can plaque your name on there. Uh, Oh, that's interesting. I did not know. Mm -hmm. That's normal, huh? Yeah. So this is like June's tree. Guess who else is June, right? And he brings it to his partner and they're sitting. They're sitting outside at the back of the police station on like a little plastic chair and plastic table. I guess this is like where they eat lunch, I'm assuming, some of these officers. June is the killer then, because that's his tree. This is Detective Wu telling, um, what's a good detective name? Uh, Jason. Telling Detective Jason. My brother? (laughs) He's telling my brother? Uh (laughs) Okay. The whole thing, huh? Jason is like, so then June must be the killer, right? And then Detective Wu says, no, 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 it must be a coincidence. Why? Why would they assume it's Jason? You mean June? Oh, Ju- June. Yeah, yeah, June. Because his, I don't know, something about the tree. But it's weird because who even is June to them, right? Yeah. That's like the thing that doesn't make sense. So Jason is like a coincidence with this much nutrients left in this vial. That must mean that he could have been there in the past month or so. Same time as the victim's death. That's pretty conclusive evidence. Oh, yeah. You think that kid killed someone? So it seems like they both know a June. Uh... That's what I'm saying. That part doesn't make sense, Wu. But a timid guy like him, it w- he wouldn't have killed anyone. But what other theory do you have? It's been seven years since he ran away. He hasn't filed for separation of household. Do you think he'd keep any decent friends around then? So you think that June is not the killer, but rather it's someone he hangs out with. Yeah, that's what I think. Then we need to question June on who that could be. You know his number or not? So we're gathering June as Detective Wu's son who ran away seven years ago and his silence is telling his partner that he doesn't have contact with him and something must have happened with his son seven years ago that he genuinely believes that his son could be associated with a murder. Like he doesn't seem in denial. He's not like, no, even though he ran away, he would never do something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so Jason's saying, Jesus, seven years you haven't talked to the kid. How do you expect to find him now? What, you're gonna get a warrant out on him? You're gonna tell everyone that June might be an accomplice to a murder? Why do I need to do that? When I can just file him as a missing persons. If you wanna find him, and you wanna find him fast, I suggest you get a warrant for his arrest. No, file him missing for me. Do it. 
So with that, he throws his cigarette on the ground and puts it out. Why does he want to find him now? Because of the case or because of his personal like interest in because finding of, the son? Because of the case. It seems like for some reason, he hates his son. Oh. Like, it seems like even if his son is the killer, I don't see him being the type of dad to protect him. It's oh. almost like if my son is the killer, I am going to put him in jail. Oh. It's so So he's suspicious of the sun. Yes. Wow. Yeah. But it is too late for him to now suddenly be invested in his son's life because he's out here f***ing shit up. Nabi runs in through the door at Cafe Miji and instead of turning to a table, she runs to the back. So we gather that her dad is the owner of Cafe Miji and she works at oh part time. Oh my gosh. Sorry dad, I thought I would come in early since I know you're tired. Yeah, yeah, who are you fooling? Did you find your phone? How did you know? He pulls out his phone and shoves it in her face. Ellie posted a picture of her sleeping outside under the table with a caption of everything hilarious that just unfolded and how she lost her phone. I... Okay, Dad, so basically, look, you keep doing that, and you know what? Forget it, okay? Why do I give advice if you're never gonna listen to me? But, I mean, when did you even start Instagram, Dad? What, am I not allowed to have Instagram because I'm old? Oh my god. Are you dating someone? Stop talking nonsense and drink this. It's plums from our tree. I made a plumade. I don't want customers to smell that alcohol on you. Nabi scoffs, but they seem to have like that playful, fun, endearing type of relationship. Oh yeah, this banana bread batter <laughs> is clumpy. <laughs> is very clumpy. Is that good? I don't know. Is that bad? We're gonna find out. <laughs> My mom has this saying that she tries to toss it around as if she is like the next top philosopher of our generation, okay? And she's like, no matter how tired you are, no matter how stressed you are, how much is going on in your day, you've got time for pot, which means you've got time for a meal. It's her way of saying, stop saying you're too busy and eating snacks all day and get your butt in the kitchen and eat this dinner I cooked. But sometimes she doesn't get it. Sometimes life really is that busy and I'm just lazy, okay? Sometimes I just don't wanna cook a whole meal. I just wanna eat whatever's around because it's just, I don't have time or I don't wanna spend the time. And which is why with Factor, we never have those little arguments anymore. Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit and they help fill your belly with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. I love Factor because of how much time it saves me. I don't have to make a meal plan, go to the grocery store, portion out the ingredients and cook, but I still get that top notch nutritional quality all without sacrificing my taste buds. They deliver fresh, never frozen meals to my door that I put in the microwave or the oven and they're ready within two minutes. All I need to do is heat, eat, and enjoy. I never get bored with their selections either. They've got more than 34 separate meal options to choose from every single week, including their extensive snack and add-on options. Like if I'm feeling a little bit fancy, I can even choose some of their gourmet plus options and get a meal made with ingredients like truffle butter and asparagus. And they've got options for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. So I never really have to worry about what I'm gonna eat. And I just like that when I'm really busy or when I'm just not feeling being in the kitchen, 
I just grab a factor and go. And it keeps me full, it keeps me satiated, and it tastes really good. Because you guys know I'm a big taste girl, okay? So this August, get factor and enjoy that feeling of eating good, healthy food without the hassle that it takes to prepare it. Simply choose your meals and get fresh, flavor-packed food delivered straight to your door. Head to factormeals.com baking50 and use code baking50 to get 50% off. That's baking50 at factormeals.com baking50 to get 50% off. And thank you, Factor, for sponsoring today's episode. As she's drinking her tea that her dad made her, the cafe phone rings. He picks it up. Hello? Oh, just one moment. It's for you. It's for your phone. She finishes her sip and grabs the phone. Hello? Hi, I'm sorry. While I was on the way to the cafe, I dropped your phone and I cracked the screen. I'm so sorry. I've left the phone with a repair shop and paid already, so you can just pick it up from there. Oh, um, no, it's okay. You don't have to do all of that. Here, write down the address. Are you ready? After work, Nobby goes to pick up her phone in a creepy building that looks almost abandoned, really. She has to walk up these dark, dim stairs and down an even darker, dimmer hallway. And when she opens the door, the room says, Woo Repair. Huh? Detective Woo. Oh. His son would be a Woo. He actually has a store? Yeah. <gasps> and she sees her phone all cracked up on the front table. And right then, a man with a mask on walks up. Hello, uh, my phone was left here to be repaired. It's the yellow one on the counter. The man doesn't say anything. He just slams a piece of paper on the table. He doesn't even talk. He just hands her that yellow piece of paper to sign and there's a part that asks for her password. She hesitates, but she writes it down and he takes her phone off to the back where he gets to work. He's fixing the screen that he clearly intentionally broke. He's replacing her camera with a spy camera. Yes, so he can see everything, hear everything, and he's using her password to back up her phone to get his computer, and he's also creating, um, like a, like a copy phone, a clone phone. So anything she does on her phone, he can see it on his phone. It's a copy of her phone. Oh, he like can listen mirroring. To, yes, he can listen to her phone calls. He can send text messages. He can do things. Oh, she can control it too. Yes. What? Yes. Now here's my oh, that's toxic terrifying. trait. Is that real? Yes. That's so terrifying. Yeah, I heard it's so scary. That's why they say like if your battery life dies really quickly or you hear a click before you like get on the phone. Listen, here's my thing. I check my um I'm so crazy about this. Tell me why. <laughs> I know it's so stupid. Literally, I don't even leave the house. And when I do, my phone is right there. I got it right there. We're so crazy about this. You can go into all of your um, <laughs> like phone usage things and figure out recently downloaded apps and stuff like that. You can do that. That's like basic level. But there's so much crazy shit, I tell you. Anyway, here's my toxic trait. Whenever I'm watching a Korean movie or a Korean show, I have to remember, I have to remind myself, this is not a romance story. Not me being like, oh my God, she's gonna change him. <laughs> He's gonna fall in love with her. He's gonna see how cute she is on her phone and fall in love with her. Is that really her. how you feel? I did for a split second and I was like, oh my god, this is not this is not what's happening at all. He's gonna find out that she's even crazier and she's killed like 20 people and they're gonna fall in love. It's not what's gonna happen. This is not the next season of you. This seems like every call or text she makes or sends, he's gonna have it. He's gonna be able to see it in real time. Everything she's searching, doing on her phone, he can see it. He can see her typing in the group chat. But not only can he see the keyboard moving, he turns on the camera and he can see her staring at her phone. And trust me, you don't want that angle. <laughs> 
Have you ever been on your phone and accidentally turned on the camera and your like double chin angle like this? You don't want it. Even when she's on the phone, he can listen to everything. He can see her location through the phone's GPS. So Navi leaves after her phone is fixed and she's on the phone telling Ellie on the bus that it was just kind of weird. The lady paid for the new screen and everything. I didn't even see her. She, doesn't, she wasn't even there. She just left the phone at the repair shop. What? That's so unusual. Oh, and before I forget, and before I hang up, okay? Delete the picture. The picture came out so well, huh? I wanted you to look at the picture next time you decide to get drunk and improve, you know? I'll get my revenge, okay, Ellie? Oh yeah? You want me to leak all the other photos that I have of you? <clears throat> Sorry, my apologies. So through the days, June watches her through her camera, through her mic, snooping on every little thing that she does. He shows up at the cafe one day though, while she's working, no mask. Hi, welcome, how can I help you? Uh, I was just wondering if you guys have the plumade? Oh, that's not something that we have on our menu. How did you know? Last summer, I remember coming here and enjoying it a lot. Is that not something that you make anymore? Um, it's, I can make you one. It's fine. No worries. That'll be $5. So with that, she goes to make her dad's specialty, the plum a drink. She goes to bring it over to his table, and the guy seems so normal. It's terrifying. He's even playing a game that she plays on her phone. And he's playing it, and as she comes to put down her, the drink, he puts his phone down. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. One last question. Are you guys no longer going to be selling the Plum Aid? Oh, I'm not sure. It's like the boss's specialty, but it, it's not something that ever sold well. Was there something I could do? Is there something I could buy like a batch of it? I can't find Plum Aid like this anywhere else. <sighs> I could talk to the boss about it. We actually grow the plums ourselves at home. Ah, I see. No wonder it's so good. Thank you. Well, enjoy. And her dad walks in at that door in the moment and walks to the back of the counter. Is that a friend? No, a regular. He knows about the plum drink. Did you sell it? Don't sell it. It's not something we sell, Nabi. And it seems like her dad isn't sure about this plum drink, but Nabi wants him to sell it, wants people to know how good it is. And with that, she clocks out and leaves while her dad is nagging her in the back. On the other side of down, Detective Wu is trying to find ways to get in contact with his son without getting a warrant for him. Listen, I guess a dad is always a daddy. And his partner suggests, why don't you just ask your ex-wife? I'm sure he at least keeps in contact with her. The kid left so he wouldn't have to take care of his sick mom. You think that type of shithead would still keep in touch with her? Yeah, I think they're in touch. You wanna make a bet? So we see Detective Wu go visit his ex-wife who is still severely sick. And I'm curious to know what happened here. Like, did he also leave because he was sick and tired of caring for his sick wife? She doesn't look like she's in a state to be alone right now. Either way, while she's asleep, he walks over to her phone, unlocks it. Sure enough, she's still in contact with their son and they hate him, the detective. He texted his mom, mom, I moved again. Again? Don't you think you're moving too often, honey? Yeah, but I think I'll settle down soon. Here's my address. Write it down somewhere else because I'm gonna unsend the message. I don't want that excuse for a human being asshole to find it. He could be looking through your phone. Okay. Wow. I wrote it down, babe. Good. Thanks, mom. Love you. But she didn't delete it. She did. Oh, so he doesn't have the address. Oh, no. damn. 
Now back at June's apartment, stalker is his full-time job. He's watching her every second of every day while he's eating, showering. There's nothing else he's doing. On top of that, when she goes to sleep, I guess since his phone and hers are synced, like it's a mirror phone, whatever he does on her phone, she can technically see too. What? So while she's asleep, the phone is lighting up behind, just going through every page, every photo, every Instagram, every email, everything. Oh, whenever he goes through her phone. Yes, she can oh. technically see it too. Wow. So in the back, it's just lit up behind her, going crazy. Oh my god. And he's going through every inch of that phone. He's taking notes. He even writes down her address. There's no doorman, no security. She lives on the rooftop unit. He's studying her routine, finding out which bus she takes, which routes she's familiar with. He logs down what she ha that she has a secret account where she blogs about food. A secret food blogger account with like 300,000 followers. She goes to review restaurants. And at the top, it says, no sponsored posts ever. Huh. And next to all the notes that he's jotting down, he writes all the ways he could ruin her life. Potentially accuse her of advertising products secretly on her hidden Instagram account. Acting like something isn't sponsored when it is. He even knows how much money she has left in her account and he's going in closer and closer for the kill. The day that Nabi sits down for work, she gets a new message. An old friend of hers who she hasn't spoken to in years reaches back out to her and Nabi seems happy to see her message. So June goes back to his list while he's waiting for her to respond, I guess. And he wants to isolate her first. The first few names on his list are her dad, Ellie, and her boss at her day job, the marketing that she does for a small food company. Even the way her boss talks to Nabi, it seems like Nabi's really good at her job and potentially a bit overqualified to work at a small company like this. But things are coming together, all thanks to Nabi. The food product is now going into convenience stores and Nabi is getting a raise doubling her salary. Whoa. And Nabi is so committed to her team, the whole company, she's genuinely so excited. She can't wait to tell the other team members, oh, Nabi, if we could just not tell them about the race. Oh, am I the only one getting a raise this time? I mean, you've been with us the longest and if the launch goes well, can they all get a raise too? Aww. That's why I like you, Nabi. You're always loyal. Okay. Let's do it. If the launch goes well, everyone gets a raise. And with that, Nabi smiles and she leaves her boss's office. Meanwhile, June's mom wakes up. Detective Wu has a whole spread of food waiting for her on the table and she looks concerned, confused. Why are you even here? And what the hell are we doing sharing a meal for? Hurry, sit and eat so you can take your meds. Since when did you like the spinach side dish? I made it because I've been thinking about June lately. June? Yeah. How is he? How would I know? You don't talk to him? Why are you bringing up the past all of a sudden? I went to a crime scene yesterday, near the plum tree that we planted for the holidays when June was 10 years old. You remember that tree? He said he wanted to plant it where nobody else could get to it. So far into the mountains, into the woods, nobody could find it. A place where you could bury a body and no one would know. Remember that plum tree? Well, I went and saw that tree yesterday. Are you suggesting something right now? Where is June? And before detective's ex-wife can respond, he gets a text from his partner, Jason, that they found June. So he leaves and rushes to meet with him. You're saying he doesn't have a phone? 
Jason is sitting on his car. The phone he seemed to have been using belonged to a woman named Minji, but it was disconnected two years ago, and there's, new, new, there's no new record of him getting a phone. I mean, what kind of trouble must he be getting into? There's no way that he can live that long without a phone unless there's a reason that he doesn't want a phone. I was intrigued, so I went through some of the records, and in 2019, there was a lawsuit for fraud. Fraud? Was he the one that got scammed? Yeah, out of a ton of money. I don't have a record for a phone number he gave during the trial, but he said he ran a repair shop. A phone repair shop. I can try to find it. It's fine. Don't push it. What? What do you mean, don't push it? We're just... Detective Wu gets in his car and drives off while his partner Jason is shouting at him, freaking confused. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. While Nabi is at work, June is rummaging through her apartment, going through her things. He's checking out the place, scoping it out. And Karma is a bitch because when he gets home, he's about to put his key into the keyhole and he realizes something is off. He bends down and picks up a tiny red piece of string. What? Oh, he puts it in the door. He wedges it between the door and the lock, so if someone opens his door and he was inside the apartment, he would have known it was on the ground. He goes to the back window of the apartment building and his dad is in there using his flashlight, going through all of his things, taking a video of it. It is pretty clear June is a serial killer. He has stacks of phones, presumably belonging to his past victims. He probably did what he is doing to Nabi to all of them. He gets off on the hunt, the voyeurism, the watching them. Well, guess what, you little hoe? It's about to be your turn, okay? Your dad is coming for you. He finds a lot of incriminating evidence in his apartment, business cards posing as plastic surgeons, like all these random occupations to probably get closer to victims. Nail polish that matches one of the victims from the crime scene. Do you think the dad is thinking that the son is a serial killer or? Yeah, for what? sure. But as he's recording all this evidence to comb through later, Detective Wu gets a text message. It's been a while, father. He starts running oh out gosh. looking for June, and when he's out in the alleyway, he gets another text message. It's a picture of him on the street taken from the roof. He throws his phone down and starts scrambling up the building ladder. He gets to the rooftop, he's not there. But across the way, he sees a flash, maybe a phone flash, taking more pictures. So he runs down the stairs, across the street, then up the stairs to that rooftop, and instead of finding June, he finds a random flashlight alarm that he mistook for his phone. A random what? Like a flashlight alarm. Like something that June left to throw him off. Oh, okay, okay. June is long gone. And he looks at his phone and another text comes in. A picture. And a text to go along with it. Thanks for tidying up my apartment, Dad. Shit. He runs back into June's place and all the major evidence was thrown into a suitcase and gone. He's also flooding the apartment by turning on every sink and bathroom faucet. All the fingerprints, gone. Besides, there's no reason to even fingerprint the place. The evidence is gone. We see June with wet shoes and a wet suitcase roll up into Cafe Miji, and Nabi's not there, but it's her dad. Hi, I would like to order a plumade. I'm sorry, but that's not on the menu, sir. I had it yesterday. Yes, the employee gave it to you yesterday, but it's not something we sell. So you can't make it today? I guess I could. That'll be $5. It's been a while since you came. Oh, uh, wow, you remember? I'm really good at remembering faces. And especially since you ordered a plumade, I'll always remember you. What? Oh, um, of course. That makes sense. Nabi's dad looks very suspicious of him. He watches as June sits down to text. Ding. Nabi is sitting at a table. 
She gets a text from a random screen name. I'm at the cafe. She turns around. Are you? Oh, yes, for the CD, right? Buying a CD from her. Like she's selling the CD through Facebook Messenger or like Facebook Marketplace and he's buying it from her. Are, but she remembers him? Yes, but he's acting like he doesn't remember her. Oh. Yeah, are you, are you, and then she's like, oh, are you the customer who purchased plumbing last night here? Oh yeah, oh, you're, oh yes, you were the waitress, yes, nice to meet you. They exchange the CD and the money. And I'm so sorry if this isn't a great convenience. I was just um, wondering if these tickets would be good on the secondhand market. And he pulls out two tickets to a local basketball game. Oh, yeah, I mean, those would be really, are you trying to sell them? If you're trying to sell them, you could sell them to me. And they do this little dance where she's like, I don't know how much you want for this. And he just asked for the $30 back for the CD. And she gives it back and he says, oh, if there's any problem with the tickets, just call me. And he hands over his business cards and a drink slams down on the table. Here's your plum aid. Since it's a plastic cup, you cannot drink it inside. Side note, did you guys know this about South Korea? They ask you, when you get a drink, is it to go or for here? If you say to go, they will give you a plastic cup and you better get your ass out of there because it's illegal to sit your ass down now. <laughs> now, if you say for here, it's going to be a reusable like glass cup. Is it illegal? Um, I heard they're really crazy about it. Mm. Like maybe if you look super foreigner, but like you and I, we'll probably get cussed out, okay? <laughs> like, if they sense you speak even a little bit of Korean, you're done, you're done. <laughs> They'll cuss you out. They're crazy, yeah. So June gathers his things to leave while Nabi's dad is staring at him, smiling, but intently staring at him. Oh, um, enjoy the TV CD. Yeah, enjoy your tickets. And that night, Nabi's dad is driving her home, and the whole time she's glued to her phone. And right before she gets off, he sighs, Inabi! All you do is stare at your phone all day. Sorry, it was for work, Dad. Did you want to talk to me about something? I was thinking maybe I should move back to Seoul. So he lives on like the outskirts of Seoul. What? How? If I sell the house, I could get an apartment here instead. You want to? For real? What, you think I'm gonna live there all alone forever? So we get a hint that maybe the mom died, you know? Mm. Is it because of the other night and me losing my phone? I mean, how can I not be worried, Nabi, when a, near, when a weird guy just keeps lurking around near you? The dad notices? Yeah. What weird guy? See, you don't even know he's weird. The guy from the cafe. Oh, dad, I was selling him a CD. Then why'd you take his business card? Oh my god, what is going on with you today, dad? You're overreacting. Think about it. He came in for the first time posing as a regular. I know he didn't come in last summer for that plumage. Plus the CD and the basketball tickets. You think that's all the coincidence? If it's not a coincidence, what is it? All I'm saying is stop hanging around creeps like that. What I'm asking, Dad, is what did I even do wrong? Was I hanging out with him? It's because I thought you were gonna hang out with him, so I'm telling you, don't do it, okay? Do you still carry around the knife that I gave you? Dad, it's creepier that you're this obsessed and protective over your full-grown adult daughter. You know that? June is watching all of this from her phone camera. While Nabi storms out of the car, angry at her dad. She runs into her apartment and angrily throws herself on the bed and she starts charging her phone. But there's banging on the door. Aggressive, angry banging. The type of banging someone does on your front door when they're trying to alarm you that they're out to kill you. 
Someone types in her passcode and click, click, click. Dad, who is it? Nubby brings out her knife that her dad gave her and she's like ready to pounce. She's getting in her fighter stance. The door opens just a crack and a phone slides in and Flash takes a picture of her. What? And Ellie is busting out laughing. You look so scared. What the hell are you doing? Ellie walks in and behind her is a suitcase. Nabi looks confused. Let's go drink outside on the roof. Bitch, not right now. I'm so scared. Okay? And then uh, Ellie's like, why are you so confused? You're the one that told me to come over. I did? I mentioned I fought with my mom. I blew the job interview and you told me to come over and pack my things and stay with you. Oh my gosh. Oh, I did. Wait, did she though? It seems like she didn't. She seems like kind of confused that her... She doesn't seem alarmed that she was hacked or anything. Just like, um... oh, I don't even remember, right? What, you didn't think I would actually do it? Well, you're stuck with me. I have nowhere else to go, so... I'm your responsibility, Inabi. See, that moment is a moment that she could have found out something was yeah. very wrong. I would have been like, I did? I texted you that? Show me. Yeah, I'd be like, when did I text you that? I'm not crazy. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm telling you, some people need more suspicion. I, I'd be texting you shit and I'm like, I didn't text you that. <laughs> That's called gaslighting, actually. <laughs> okay. Ellie doesn't want to talk about it and Nabi tries to cheer her up with the basketball tickets. How did you get these? From a cafe regular. Let's try and cheer her up, okay? And you have their business card? Oh my god. Do you? Wait, June? It's a guy? It's not like that. Well, what does he look like? Very clean look. I think if he cut his hair and got rid of his glasses, he would look better. So you're interested in him. Or else you wouldn't even be thinking about that. I don't know, it's just we're so similar, it's kind of strange. Wait, what do you mean? You already got to know him personally? How do you know he's similar to you? Not organically, I don't, I don't know, it's weird. Even my dad thinks it's kind of weird. Well, your dad isn't really the type to say that for no reason. Digital Sheriff? She's reading the business card. Why Digital so Sheriff? Why does that sound so familiar? Oh, oh my god, um, shit, it's... Oh, that's where Yeri started working. Yeri works there, our friend. Oh, yes! So, and Ellie starts digging through her text. Yes, right there, she's at Digital Sheriff, some sort of digital security firm. That's crazy, like, what are the odds of that? Weird, I'm gonna text her right now and ask about him. Meanwhile, Nabi's phone is sitting on the counter listening to all of this. And June is getting to work. He texts Nabi's dad's phone pretending to be Nabi. Sorry about earlier, dad. Did you get home safely? Yes. Dad, can you download this app? A link appears, but it looks like a shady program. It's like unsecured link. Is it gonna give me some sort of virus? No, dad, it's a phone tracking app. So if I lose my phone, you can help me. I don't know how to set these things up. Just download it and I'll tell you what to do tomorrow. Nabi's dad smirks, cause you know his daughter still cares about him and he downloads the app. But there is a dad out there that's not falling for his shit. June's own father, Detective Wu. He saved a piece of the yellow pages from June's apartment, the one where he takes notes on his victims while he stalks them. And one of them is about Minji, a previous victim. He wrote about how her mom owns a spicy tofu restaurant and even listed the address. So Detective Wu goes to meet with the mother. It seems like she's under the impression that her daughter ran off to Thailand with some guy. Yikes. So your son is the one that lured my daughter to Thailand. What does your son do for a living? 
Can he at least put food on the table? I believe he works repairing smartphones. Oh, that's weird. Minji told me he travels a lot for work. I can't imagine you would need to travel to fix smartphones. I'm not sure. Um, I don't really know. If he repairs phones, then... Oh, she probably met him then. When? A few weeks before she quit and ran off, she lost her phone. And she said that someone found her phone, cracked the screen, and offered to pay to have it fixed. She probably met him at the repair shop. Where's the repair shop? How would I know that? See your son. Detective Wu leaves, and Daddy Nabi is laying in bed, going through his phone, watching old videos of his family before his wife died. And um, he's watching the videos when he gets a text from an unknown number. A picture. Delivery has arrived. Strange. He goes outside his house to the gate to look for it, and there's a package, no label on it, like not a shipping label. He bends down to open it up, and we see a shadow lurking up behind him, and smack! Someone hit him on the back of the head with a club. Yeah, June is inside tying him up with duct tape now. And I don't know if Detective Wu is going to be able to save the next victim because what the f*** is this guy doing? So that night, he arrives at another crime scene and someone else is dead. And he's pretty sure it was his son. Wait, so he arrived at a new crime scene. Who is it? Another, like, unidentified victim. How does he know it's his son? It's Just... in the mountains again, in the woods, oh. with the um, tree nutrient vial. That seems to be like a signature. Like, okay. Yeah. And the son's trying to make the dad find out? It seems like it. Oh, it's like a... Like a game. Yeah, like a cat and mouse game. Oh my God. It's almost like he wants his dad to know it's him. Right. Yeah. So Nabi wakes up next to Ellie, and Ellie is like half off the bed looking dead, passed out. And Nabi goes to take a picture, but then she starts screaming, It's 11 a.m. And she freaks out, call me a taxi right now. And she's running out the door, and her phone is blowing up. She goes to open her work chat messages, and everyone is linking her secret food account. And she's like, what the hell? How do they even know about this? And then, there she has it. She goes to look at her feed, and a picture of the entire team at the drink company was posted, and the caption reads, Last pick before I quit. I did everything from start to finish from the get-go for this company. I did all the work, and the cheap founders only want to give me a cheap, tiny little measly raise. Ridiculous company. I'm done working for free. Oh my god. And Nabi is freaking out. She would never have posted that. She loves her company that she works for. She loves the founder. She keeps going through all the captions and it says, all for a money-crazed CEO, cheap-ass company with cheap-ass ingredients that use pretty packaging to charge ridiculous amounts. Oh my god. And she opens up the comments and she's so shocked. Everyone, all these random internet people are like, we support you. Cancel this company. I want to <gasps> burn them to the ground. We're going to boycott them. Oh I'm going to get a god. refund for my product. Some people were even speculating, I thought this was a secret account. She probably thought she posted this on her personal account. I can't believe she just revealed her identity. Oh. Navi runs into the office, and this is a huge freaking scandal. Okay, this is right before they're about to debut in convenience stores. Oh. They have worked so hard for this. And she runs into the office, and the whole team is staring. I think I was hacked. Oh, you were hacked? This is one of her coworkers. It really wasn't me, please. I, I'm gonna go file a police report right now. Just stop, you're doing so much. Do you think we're dumb? The CEO finally speaks up. The event to launch in stores has been canceled and we've been flooded with return requests. You should have been more careful with your hidden account. <gasps> it wasn't me, I swear, you know me. I would never do something like this. That's what kept me up last night too. I was wondering, I was so curious, why on earth you would do something like this? 
Truly. And I still don't get it. You don't believe me? I was hacked. If I believe you, does that change anything? Does my failed company rise from the ashes? I'm gonna find out who's responsible and I'm gonna find out and I will fix it. The CEO grabs her by the shirt and throws her out the office door and she lands on the ground. It's all over for her. And we see June crossing off her boss from her, his list. Ah, uh, he's trying to isolate her. Yes. And uh, the dad is gone too. I don't think he's dead, but he's tied up right now. While Nabi is outside the office, we see Ellie come up to help her. Nabi, I know you would never do that. It's okay. And Nabi cries in her arms and Ellie brings her to the police station where the police are dealing with an influx of cyber crimes. Moms thinking their sons ask for money and wiring the money to shady links. Other grandpas giving their entire life savings getting scammed out of them through shady phone calls. And Nabi is sitting on a chair emotionless and her friend Ellie is taking control. So when you have all the evidence, you can come back. I'm sorry, officer, but we came here to get the evidence. Isn't that what the police do? So we can catch whoever did this? Again, you need to have proof that you've been hacked in order to even file a case. But a photo was uploaded to her Instagram while she was asleep. How is that not proof? She was hacked. That's concrete proof. But you don't have that post now. You deleted the post. You were booted from the group chats. You don't have access to that. You have no evidence. And let's be real, are you sure you're not the one that posted it? Maybe you thought it was your personal account with no followers. Maybe you were drunk. I'm telling you, it wasn't me. Right, so then bring me the materials that show that you didn't do it, and then we can come back and revisit this. Ellie's trying to argue, but Nabi grabs her out of the chair and starts walking out of the police station. Meanwhile, June is watching her through his computer while Nabi's dad is tied up behind him. He walks over and takes the duct tape off his mouth. I just texted her from your phone that the cafe is closed today. Sound good? If you hurt my daughter, I will kill you. Oh, Tom, don't make me laugh. Be good to her on a daily basis, okay? What's the point of coming here and pretending like you're the best dad? Actually, no. I guess you've been a pretty good dad so far, huh? I, mean, I guess considered you're good. There are dads whose sons run away, and they don't even call them, not even once. And it's because of those types of dads that I'm out here doing this type of shit. Please, just leave my Nabi alone. Nabi? As long as she doesn't start assuming people and throwing out accusations like you did, she's gonna be fine for now. Don't even think about doing anything to her. June gets up and kicks Nabi's dad over to his back. You wanna guess how many days it took from me taking Nabi's phone and to me standing over your body? Take a guess. Three days. With a phone, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that I don't know. Nothing. I know what you bosh. I know what you want, what you own, what you stuff your face with, who you like, who you hate. As long as I have this, I can make someone do whatever I want them to do. So who the hell are you to say, don't do anything to my daughter? Huh? I, I do what I want. June walks over and shows that he can see into Nabi's phone using her phone cameras and mic. And Nabi is right now at the cafe with Ellie. You don't think it's weird? I mean, if I've been hanged, why wouldn't they steal my money? Why would they do this shit? It feels like they're out to ruin you. Like they just want to piss you off. That's what I'm saying. And that means it must be someone I'm close with, someone that knows me, personally hates me. Did you tell anyone about your account other than me? Who the hell would I tell, Ellie? I never told anyone either. 
But I mean, wasn't your CEO a little harsh on you? How could she treat you like this after everything you've given for the company? I mean, I get it. Because, you know, I get it. What? Forget it! Why would you try and understand her after what she did to you? Look, Ellie, I just need to figure out who this hacker is and figure it out. Ugh, just wait till we get our hands on them. They're not going to get away with this. And with that, the cafe door opens and June walks in. He's been Wha called. What? He works for a digital security firm, remember? Oh my god, he's everywhere. Nabi goes to make him a drink while he starts using his computer to work his magic or whatever. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling that he's, um, he's cooking something. So while Nabi is making his plumade, Ellie asks, By chance, do you know Yeti? Oh, she just joined our company not too long ago. How do you, how do you know Yeti? I've been friends with her since junior high. Oh, wow, what a small world. Sorry, I just don't want you to misunderstand. We actually reached out to Yeti first, but she's on holiday. So that's why we called you. <gasps> and not for any other reason. Being like, this is not an excuse because Nabi likes you or anything. Ah, <laughs> I see. Well, oh, uh, thank you for the plumade. Nabi sits down and he takes a sip. So, were you able to find anything? I'm currently running a few tests. A uh, quick question, Nabi. Has your battery life been extra bad recently? Your phone has been dying? Yes. Oh my god, so fast. I think that there's spyware on your phone. What? What kind? Um, okay. How do I explain this? So your camera right here becomes the eyes and the mic become the ears. So if you look over here and he clicks the camera icon, this is whatever the spy cam can see. Location tracking, reading text, even listening in on calls, they're all feasible. The tracking softwares are pretty cheap and becoming a huge problem in other countries. I guess it found its way over here. It's been a huge problem for everyone here. We get a lot of calls. Wait, he's telling her straight up? Yeah. But I haven't recently installed a strange app or anything. How could I have downloaded it to my phone? I don't open any shady links. Is there any way to search who downloaded it? So we can report it to the police? The problem here is, if there is spyware, it's still hard to prove that that photo wasn't uploaded from your phone. Because technically, your phone still uploaded that photo and it's hard to prove that it's not you, even if there is spyware on your phone. <sighs> So what do we do? I can take this off to the office and try to do a bit more. So this is all? This is just the start. But Nabi, here's your phone back. I've cleaned it so you can keep using it for the time being. Just please don't open any more suspicious links or files. Oh, um, okay, thanks. And how should I pay you today? It's fine. Um, when it's all over, you can pay me. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. Oh, and uh, Nabi, could you please show me the way out? I just need some help getting to the bus station, like if you could navigate for me. Ellie's confused. What? Why would you need her help? You can't use your phone for navigation? Um, just, I'll be outside. He walks off awkwardly and Nabi nudges Ellie. Stop, be nice, he's being helpful. And she goes outside to meet with him and he looks super awkward. Uh, where are you trying to go? Quick question, do you live with someone right now? What? Oh, sorry, please don't misunderstand. It's not about that. It's about your phone. Are you living with someone right now? No? Well, the app that was downloaded on your phone, the spyware, it wasn't remotely installed, which means someone might have snuck into your house last night to download the spyware. It said it was downloaded last night. <sighs> wow. So, unless you live with someone, someone might have snuck into your home to do that while you were asleep. What? So you're saying they need access to my phone? Exactly. Please be careful and just think about what I said. 
Nabi goes back inside where Ellie is on her phone scrolling through social media, and Nabi's just staring at her, downing beers. Oh my god, they said they found seven bodies in the mountains yesterday. There might be a serial killer. Oh my god. Nabi doesn't even look. Nabi, you know you've been like this for the past hour. Sorry, I just want to be alone right now. Can I call you later or something? What? Obviously something is wrong. Do you want to talk to me about it? Just tell me the truth. Did something happen outside with that guy? Did you do it? What? I know it's ridiculous, but that night, the only person that had access to my phone was you. You think I installed spyware on your phone? I mean, the situation is obviously. The guy is weird, Nabi. Are you seriously taking his word for it? Call the guy back. I want to have a word with him. Just tell me you didn't do it, Ellie. It's not that hard. Just tell me and I will believe you. Why can't you even say that you didn't do it? You really think I did it? Out of everyone, out of all the people, how could you think it's me? Why can't you just say it wasn't you? That's all you have to do. At this point, Ellie's like crying. Okay, fine. I did it. I did it. What are you going to do? Turn me into the police? Do it. See, once again, I feel like they could have squared it out right here. Yes. You know, like, did you do it? No? No, the guy is suspicious. Okay, then let's figure it out. Like, also, why is he trying to isolate her? <laughs> he could have just gotten her, kidnapped her. There's a whole game he's playing. Oh, uh, he's bored. <laughs> he's bored. I mean, I guess you could say he's bored, right? Yeah, I guess, right? Just the fact that Ellie didn't do it, but she's saying she did it because she's just so hurt and betrayed by Nabi. Mm -hmm. So this clearly could have just been like, I didn't freaking do it. Why would I do that? Mm -hmm. But uh, no, it got really dramatic. And then Ellie gets up and before she leaves, she turns around and says, don't ever contact me again. Yeah. And as she's leaving the cafe crying, June is watching Hidden from the Street happy. His plan is working way too well, way too fast. June's day is great, but June's dad day? No, it's great, okay? They didn't just find one more body in the mountains, they found seven more, and they might be finding even more, and it seems like it's all from the same person, the same killer. Near each body, there is a tree nutrient container, a signature, if you will. And Detective Wu is telling his partner that he knows it's his son doing this. Shit, shit, shit. You know they're not gonna look past what's going on here. They might try to say that you were part of it, so don't delete the videos on your phone. But it's my fault that he turned out like this. Now is not the time for that shit. We gotta do something. They might try to say that you knew that you were protecting him, hiding him. Look, I found his repair shop. Let's go. I just don't believe any of this. We gotta go right now. So they start heading over to the repair shop that they found the address for. They start speeding all the way over there. They get out and enter for the fourth floor. And uh, June's dad already seems like he knows where he's going. So this might be a symbolic place. He slams open the door. The entire place has been flooded and covered with yellow pages. But not the yellow pages that he used to stalk his victims. That would be too much evidence. But his yellow customer intake forms. They're all over the place covered in water. His son is taunting him because these aren't even different people. It's like the same eight people that he's photocopied onto yellow pages and scattered all over the room. They the haven't, victims? They haven't ID'd the victims yet, but it's most likely gonna be the victims. Wow, what the hell? <sighs> Meanwhile, Nabi is at the cafe watching videos of her and Ellie crying, sobbing, and her phone shuts off from low battery, and she throws it on the ground as she keeps crying. And when she throws it, her screen cracks, and she remembers. 
Her phone was used by a repair guy and the person that picked up her phone. Detective Wu is sorting out through the yellow pages. And his partner Jason said, there's no way that in the past two years that he only had eight customers. And they're all copies of each other. Oh, that smells wow. good. Oh. oh officially the most successful baked baked goods on baking a mystery. Because I used a mix? <laughs> no, it's because of your skill and talent and mm. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm hungry. Mm. This is perfect. This is giving me fall. With a little bit of cinnamon, I'm so excited for fall to come around. I cannot wait for September, October, November, December, January, February, March, <laughs> April. May? No, May, May, like half of May. And it starts getting hot again. All oh, the vibes. The vibes. And this banana bread. <laughs> it's so. Is there like nuts in there or something? No. Oh, okay. No one likes nuts and banana bread. Bro. It's like having it's what's missing. Nuts in a cookie. It's the best texture. Thank you. Is okay. this cooked? Oh yeah. Tell me your it smells. How is it? Mm. <laughs> it's good? So hot. <laughs> So good. So good? So good. So good. Oh, so good. So good. Oh my god. Wait. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Okay. It's not too sweet. Sometimes banana bread can have that sickly sweet taste, you know? If you count all the intake forms, he had eight customers. There's another one. I saw it at his house. Detective Wu brings out his phone and he shows his partner a picture of the yellow pages that June was writing in while he's stalking his victims and it's titled Inabi. Search the whole place, he must have dropped something, some evidence. What the hell would he have dropped, huh? Does it look like he dropped something? That woman is not here. No information on her is gonna be here. This is him stalling. He's trying to get your mind off the case. Think clearly, Hyung. We need to go to the media. June will be forced into hiding, but yeah, it'll be hard to find him, but we can save this woman. We can save her. No, I'm gonna catch him. If you're not gonna help, then get the out of my way, because I am going to catch him. This dad is all caught up in the... Mind games. Right? Yeah. Instead of just freaking get the whole police station on it. Yeah. What, the, what are you doing? It's like, he's my responsibility. I'm gonna be the one to catch him. It's weird, right? It's, it's messed up. Yeah, and the detective is like, and what if he kills her first? Then you killed her. Her blood will really be on your hands. And at that moment, the door opens and uniformed police officers arrive. And side note, so in Korea, detectives have guns. Uniformed police officers do not have guns. And they take one look at them and they whip out their batons. <laughs> and the investigator, hold your horses. We're investigators from the police station. The, the Pochon station. Behind the two cops is a girl. She's sticking her head out. Nabi. The police ask what the investigators all the way from Pochon are doing here, and Detective Wu is just staring at her. They ask to have a moment alone with her, and she tells them that whoever the guy working in here probably installed spyware on her phone, but he's gone now. She looks at his business license. Wu Jun? He probably changed his last name to O Jun. Jun. If that's him, he probably still has spyware on my phone. 
Because remember, he came to clear her phone. Mm, she her, just connected the dots. Uh huh. But her phone is dead. Wait, let me call this company. Can I get your phone? She looks for digital sheriff and calls. There is nobody there that works by the name of June Woo. Once again,、Juno. she could have found this out days ago. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So these are like plot holes of the movie. Yes.、Mm. Oh my god, that crazy! F- he pretended to help me fix my phone, and then he ruined my life for what? What the hell is he trying to do now? This kid isn't some regular stalker, is he? Huh? You guys are investigators. What are you investigating him for? Huh? You won't respond. He's taking the videos from my phone and posting them in sort of some sort of nth room, isn't he? Spy cams, chat rooms. Uh, no, ma'am. The truth is, and Detective Wu interrupts. Yes, that is exactly what he's doing. That crazy shithead. Where are you located, ma'am? Shincheon. Do you live alone? Yes, and he knows that. He will show up there. Let's go. And what if he never shows up? What if he goes on the run? Then that would be a good thing. I'm sorry. Maybe you guys don't understand the situation right now. How severe it is. Everyone hates me. I was fired from my job. He made me betray my best friend, and he's an asshole. And now my photos are probably in some sort of nth room. I can't trust anyone anymore. I feel like he, someone is watching me, listening to me. And you want me to just wait until you catch him? What if you don't catch him, and I just live in fear forever? We will catch him. Please don't worry. I can lure him, as long as I make him believe that I still believe all of this, and I think that there is no spyware on my phone. He will come to me. I know it. The if, phone is dead right now. Yeah. If I keep my phone off for too long, he's gonna know that I know. If I don't catch him, he's gonna keep doing this to other people. So I need to catch him. We gotta get him before that happens. We have to lure him to my place. And you think you can do that? On the way back home, Nabi is on her phone texting June to come to her apartment to check her laptop for spyware. She said she just feels so weird about it because Ellie was staying with her. June agrees, and behind the bus, June's dad and his detective partner are driving, following her. And Jason says, "I just don't feel good about this. Why didn't you tell her that it's a serial killer? What you think if she knows it's going to change anything?" Yeah, she's only confident she can catch him right now because she has no idea what this guy's capable of. It doesn't matter as long as we catch him first. That's the only way that she'll feel safe too. Bro, this dad is literally enabling a serial killer. <sighs> Bro, so June gets ready to meet with Nabi. This time he cut his hair, even put in contacts because remember what she said: if he had shorter hair and more、uh. contacts, he'd be cuter. He wants to look cute for her, and she's pretending to do the same. She's checking her face in the phone, getting wine and stuff ready, making it a whole thing. He calls her, but he feels like something is off. So he's standing outside her apartment, about to walk up the roof, but he clicks his phone off, and when the screen goes back, he sees Detective Wu behind him. Wow. June. June acts like he doesn't hear and starts walking forward, but he hears his dad's. Gun click.、Huh. He still won't face his dad. He tries to keep walking, but on the other end comes Jason with a gun. Turn around, you. F- June slowly turns around, and Detective Wu is looking him in the eye for the first time in seven years, and he freezes. Jason gets closer and closer with the gun. June, I'm sorry, I don't know a June. Are you guys the cops? They both put their guns down. Are you getting what I'm getting? This is not June. His son is not the killer. 
I'm so confused. It's not June. But June is here. But it's not June. We don't know what's going on, but it's not June. That's all we know right now. Is, is this person the son of the detective or not? No. This is a Randall? Mm-hmm. What? It's all gonna make sense. It's all part of the plot. Okay. Okay. So right now what's going on? The detectives are confused. Yeah, they put their guns down and Jason sits. Sorry, we just got a report and we mistook you for the perp. Sorry about that. So, you guys can't just pull out your guns on random civilians. It looks like we must have startled you. Sorry about that, but you didn't seem so scared with guns. Can we see some ID, please? Yeah, can I see your ID first? Why, in case we're not the cops? No, I just want to know which cops were holding up their guns at me. And, he takes out his phone and he's about to start filming the detectives and they let him go. Because one thing cops hate is when you record them. Huh. And as what he's walking away, on? Jason says, that guy looks so much like June from the back. Something about him is so weird. Plastic surgery? It's not. I thought oh. so too. And I, would, I was going to be so upset if that was it. Mm. So anyway, let's go check up on Nabi. So they go upstairs and Nabi is like, oh, he just texted me that he felt sick so he couldn't come. So they think that June just didn't show up. They have no idea that that guy's the killer. They think he's a random kid that happened to be there at the wrong place, wrong time, and they pulled their gun out on him, but June was supposed to come, but he just changed his mind last second. So that guy was June, or at least he claims that he yeah. is June. So they think, they think that he, June wasn't tipped off, he just had other things to do, maybe another woman to stalk. So mm. that's dangerous because if they don't think that June was tipped off, if the killer wasn't tipped off, they're leaving Nabi in danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're telling Nabi everything is good. They still have the upper hand. He still doesn't know. We can try to lure him out another day. But we got to go to the police station to figure out this mess with like the serial killer. Do you have like an old phone you can use? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to put my SIM card in my old phone. And maybe if I don't show up, it'll lure him out faster. Like if I'm not using my phone. And they're like, okay, well, we got to go. So do you have anywhere else you can go? Like a friend's house? And she's like, no, but... Okay, yeah, I do. They drive her all the way to her dad's house. <gasps> mm -hmm. They drive her all the way to her dad's house and they stop at the front. And she tells them, okay, well, I'm going to keep texting you. And if I stop responding, that means something happened to me. And she kind of holds up a, her hand at them for some reason. What does that mean? Like, as she's leaving, we don't see what's in her hand. It looks like a piece of paper. But she holds her hand out while she's talking. And then they both nod. What? So just keep this in mind, okay? Now she walks in through the gate, through the living room, and she sees nothing. She goes to knock on her dad's bedroom door. Dad, are you sleeping? She opens the door, and she doesn't turn on the light, but there is a lump-shaped human in the bed. So she goes to her room instead and plops down on the bed. And she gets a text from June. Oh, I see you got a new phone. Are you doing all right? Call me. <sighs> He's not even trying to hide it anymore. She texts, yes, I was feeling uneasy. Do you need me for something? Send. And she hears vibration. Ding! She freezes. Slowly, she clicks to call him. She hears vibrating coming from above. Upstairs. He's here. He's in the house. He's gonna kill her. Oh she runs God. out of the room to her dad's room. Dad, dad! She flips open the covers, the blanket. He's not there. 
It's pillows. She runs and locks herself in the bathroom. She tries to call the cops, but they're deleting the numbers. Her phone is deleting the numbers as she's typing. She can't call. Oh my god. And then the camera turns on and takes wait, pictures wait, of so her. Wait, I'm so sorry. I thought she has a backup phone. It was her old phone, but remember he went through her house? They're all f Yes. Oh my god. She oh drops god. her phone because it's taking selfies of her as she's terrified staring at her phone. She drops her phone and screams for her dad. She runs and hears his voice coming from another room. Dad! Do you look at your phone screen all day? It's a recording from the fight in the car. She grabs a heavy statue and opens the door. Dad! Think about it. There's a creepy guy lurking around you. She goes to the kitchen and there's a speaker on the kitchen table. And then behind the couch, an iPad appears playing that scene. And out comes June, smiling. Where the hell is my dad? Tell me before I kill you. Ooh, do you want to find your dad or do you want to kill me? Where is he? June sits down on the couch, smiling. Tell me right now. He pulls out his phone. Here. It's her dad on the video with a knife up to his neck. On the way out of the area, the detective, Jason, he gets a call. What did you just say? He screeches to a halt in the middle of the road. Woo, they found him. Your son, June. But, but what? What? He's dead. They ran your DNA when you filed a missing persons report the other day, and his body was an unclaimed body found in the reservoir over a year ago. What? That doesn't make sense. He's not dead. He's not dead. Oh my God. Back at the house, June is sitting there making Nabi text Detective Wu so they're not suspicious. I'm going to sleep right now. Talk to you tomorrow. Send. And she hands over the phone. What the hell did I ever do to you? Why do you want to ruin my life so badly? Because I picked up your phone when you dropped it. What? What, do I need some sort of grand big reason? That is the dumb reason that you're doing all of this? I mean, who told you to drop your phone, right? So what, so what do we do now, huh? That's up to you, or your loved ones, I guess. In the next 24 hours, if just one person out of the many numbers you have in your contacts list, in the next 24 hours, if anyone texts you, I will spare you. What? That's why isolation is important. But let me tell you, Nabi, that has never happened. I mean, the world is at our fingertips. Connections are so easy, but unfortunately, they're so easily broken. That's what's gonna happen to you. So you can make a choice, either kill me, run, try to save your dad, but uh, you're not gonna be able to do all of them. So you can save yourself, but you're not gonna save your dad too. Tell me where the hell he is. Sorry, I just need to use the restroom real quick. And he walks off to the restroom. She grabs a pick from the fireplace. She tries to sneak into the restroom, but instead of stabbing him, she sees him standing over the bathtub where her father is tied down, half submerged in water. It's not covering his mouth, so he's not drowning yet, but he looks like he's been beat up. He's holding a knife up to his neck. June forces Nabi to turn around so he can tie her arms up behind her. He even takes out her pocket knife and tells her, I gave you a lot of chances to use this on me. Just know that going forward, everything was your choice. It's happening because of you. Nabi looks at her dad who's barely conscious. Dad, it's gonna be okay. Just be patient. I got this. I'm gonna get us out of this. How nice to see family bonding moments like this. If only you could have been nicer to him before all this happened. 
I did everything you said. Keep your end of the deal. Of course, I will keep my promise. But the problem is, it's been 24 hours and nobody has reached out to your dad. And he walks over and starts running the water. Nabi's screaming, crying, sobbing, and screaming at him. I'll f***ing kill you. I'll f***ing kill you. And then in the end, she decides that's not working. So she changes her tactic and says, I'm sorry. Like, I apologize for everything I've done wrong. Please, I will do anything you want. Please just save my dad. Please, I'm so sorry. You'll do anything? He puts tape on her mouth and says, then you kill him. And he throws her on top of her dad in the water, drowning him oh with her weight. Gosh. And he takes a picture. So every victim that he steals their phone, he takes a picture of them duct taped and sets it as the wallpaper. <sighs> he smiles and leaves the bathroom to sit on the couch and under him is a crumpled up piece of paper that he picks up, dropped by Nabi. And it reads, only calls, no text. That's what she was showing the cops before they left. Oh. Just in case. And he's like, F They're coming for him. And we see partner Jason sneaking into the house through an open window that Nabi left open. And he's got his gun out. But June is one step ahead of him. He's behind him with the fire pick ready to him. But a gun cocks right next to his head. Detective Wu. Drop him. Drop it, you shit. Wait, it's the from before. Who the hell is this guy? June looks at him and says, Father? The partner goes to save Nabi and her father, and Detective Wu beats June with the end of his pistol, drags him, and ties him up to the bed. June isn't dead. Where is he? Dad, it's me, June. Dad, please, it's me. Your son. <sighs> because of you, I've become like this, so please stop hurting me. It hurts. Detective Wu stops for a moment. Wow, you actually believe it. How could that moron get away with all of this? He's a f***ing idiot. You think he could get away with doing this for this long? Detective Wu goes to town beating his ass. Meanwhile, Nabi wakes up on the bathroom floor, barely conscious, watching the other detective performing CPR on her dad. Meanwhile, where the hell is my son? The detective goes through his suitcase and the first note on the legal pad, number one, Wu Jun. Notes include, dad is police officer, blames him for his mother's illness, forceful, condescending father. Maybe I should live as him. Frame him as a killer for his cop daddy. So he turned his son into a murderer. He kept his phone to text his mom. So he turns on all the phones and June was his first victim. The wallpaper is June, submerged in water, duct taped and dead. Detective Wu is emotional. He takes out his gun and he's ready to shoot his son's killer. Sorry, okay? I apologize, okay? I'll go to prison. I will take legal responsibility for this. I said I was so sorry. So at the end, he's still an ego. He's a narcissistic, egotistical monster who still wants to live. He wants to like revel in everything that he did. Just put the gun down. Just, I'll go to prison. Detective Wu can't do it. And Nabi is looking out the bathroom door. And when Detective Wu puts down his gun, the killer smiles. And she's making eye contact with him. And he looks at her and says, what? He mouths, what? Wow. She slowly gets up and sees Detective Jason's gun on the bathroom floor, grabs it, walks up to June, and shoots him dead twice. And she's shaking in anger, and Detective Wu slowly takes the gun from her 
and she turns to him, looking at him. She seems pissed at him, honestly. But she hears a tiny voice behind her. Dabi? And she runs back, and it's her dad. And they're sobbing in each other's arms. And the next thing we see is her and her dad being escorted out on stretchers. And all she sees are phones and flashlights pointed at her as they take videos. And the next day, everyone is on their phones reading about the case. Everyone is reading about this case and how in today's day and age, these crimes are only going to get worse. But nobody puts down their phones. They even go to Cafe Miji to see if they can find Nabi. And they do. She's hanging out with her dad and her best friend, Ellie, and she's having a good time laughing. And we see through someone's, an anonymous person, a mysterious, per, mysterious person's phone, the camera, that they're recording her. And we see her laughing with her friend and her dad. And slowly her smile fades and she turns and makes direct contact with the camera filming her. And that is the end. What does that mean? It's like, again, she just, now she has a sense and she can feel it. Mm. And it's like, you're always being watched. You're always being recorded. Mm. Yeah. My gosh, this is, um... Yeah. Yeah, this is scary. Mm-hmm. It's all hee-hee giggles when we just thought the NSA was listening to us, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's fine. What are you gonna do? Make a YouTube channel and expose everyone? That would be good. That'd be crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Does it feel very close? Like, does it feel it, it, it could happen? Yeah. Yes and no. Yes, but also no because I'm so paranoid. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so paranoid about my phone. I won't even log into most of my... Like, I won't log into my like main three emails on my phone. Like I won't log into most of the important stuff. I won't even log into my freaking bank stuff on my phone. I don't know why. I'm so crazy about it. It's so weird. I don't know when I started developing this, but I think it was like, I was reading all these articles about stuff like this and I started getting freaked out and I was like, okay, I'm never gonna do it. So when I got a new phone, I never like reinstalled those things. It's just so creepy, no? Yeah, it's scary. And like, he's also crazy about it. He's always like, never leave your phone. Like, don't ever forget your phone. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's so creepy. Just like... And yeah. to me, it's this... I think I was most alarmed when the police reaction to, to the crime. Yes. That makes a lot of sense because they don't know what to do. Yeah, they There's no, no, no protocol on how to solve this. And like, you know, I... I don't want to say my local police department. I mean, so far my local police department has been kind. But when I go in there, I'm not looking at no SF tech bros. I'm looking at like my dad. And they're like, you got hacked, like with an axe. And like, no, sir, um, online. Yeah. Like in the internet. I'm like, mm, okay, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go because this is not working. So. What are your thoughts? This freaks me out. And please, be careful and be mindful about your phone, you know? Strap it on to you. Hold that thing tight. Don't drop it because you never know who's going to pick it up. <sighs> so stressful. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's Faking a Mystery, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye.